Hey everybody, this is Jen Tuff. Welcome to Tough on Art. And today I'm going to be doing some more artist Q&A, which I haven't done for a while, so stay tuned for that. But first, I want to let you guys know that I am going to be doing a live one-day workshop, well, almost one day, called The Tough Method for Getting Galleries. And that's going to be on Saturday, March 26th. Sign up at gentuff.com not gentuff.gallery, which is the art gallery website, but gentuff.com. And on the homepage, you're going to see a link. Um, this is going to be the absolute skinny on how to get a gallery. If you're interested in getting a gallery for the first time or getting more than one art gallery, perhaps not in your hometown, this is the workshop you don't want to miss. If you want to know how to do it, learn from a gallerist which is me, <laughs> instead of, you know, somebody else who might be aspiring to get into a gallery. But anyway, it's going to be a great workshop. You're going to be able to ask questions. You're going to be able to get some of your individual questions answered. I'm going to give you email scripts on what exactly to say to a, to a gallery that you're interested in and when. I'm going to give you a spreadsheet template that is going to be really helpful in keeping track of who you've contacted and who you haven't. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. You're going to go home with a lot of information that literally is going to last your lifetime. It's very affordable, and I want you to be there. So join me Saturday, March 26th. Go to gentuff.com, and on the homepage, you'll see a link to get there. So let's get started. Okay, so let's get started with the questions. So I owe you guys an apology because I might have answered some of these before. Unfortunately, I had some trouble with my spreadsheet um, and recording who I had um, answered questions for before in the past. So if these are repeats, just bear with me, but they're all pretty good. So this first one is from Keith Wilson. He's a member of the Artist Alliance and he's a painter. And he asks, I'm in the middle of a collaborative project with a photographer where our artwork is fully merged in a large digital print output. Is there any resistance in the art market for artwork created by two artists working together? I would say no, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I think it adds something that makes you both different. It shows that you can work with other people which is a real asset for gallerists. They're always wanting to know um, if an artist is willing to you know, compromise and if they're able to work with other people. So I think that there's two really big benefits to you know, collaborating with another artist. And, um, and the first being that it's different because not everybody does that because it's difficult, right? But it shows a lot of initiative. It shows that you can work with another person. It shows compromise. Um, and then most importantly, you know, it really – it sort of combines both of your reputations as well. So if both of you have a pretty good reputation um, in your community or even outside the community or nationally, it can – both of your reputations can sort of feed into um, to that one, you know, the, that one body of work. The other thing that's a real benefit is that you can tap into each other's um, database of marketing contacts, right? So when you're marketing that particular show or art fair or whatever you happen to be doing together that that piece is in, you're tapping into both of your networks, which is huge. So imagine sending out um, you know, an email uh, blast and you don't only have your uh, email list, but you have the other artist's email list too. So you're kind of doubling your marketing efforts. So I would highly recommend, you know, any artist who might be interested in doing this, 
um, to join together with another artist and and do this because the you know it really is the potential is huge. You can also save money on renting a pop up space if you wanted to do shows together. If you did that, you could have collaborative pieces and individual pieces, and then you'd save a bunch of money because you're splitting the cost. Um, and ditto with an art fair, right? Like you could have collaborative works. Um, and you could each show your own works and then split the booth fee. So there's a lot of there's a lot of really good things about it. So I highly recommend it. I think it's exciting. And I hope, Keith, that you let me know how it goes if you decide to do it. Okay, thanks. This next question is from Marie Cameron, who's also a member of the Artist Alliance, and I also represent her. <laughs> and she's asking, why do most art websites avoid pricing? As an art buyer, I find it awkward to have to ask after a price and would much rather that sites were transparent and I would know what I could afford up front. So I agree with you. Um, there's, you know, in the past, you know, pre-internet when art sales weren't made on the internet, it was sort of poo-pooed to have uh, price labels on art, let's say in a gallery. Um, and, you know, it, it's more preferable in a gallery to have um, like a price list. You've probably found that at different galleries where you go in and you pick up, you know, the sheet of paper about the show and you can kind of walk around and, you know, figure out what the prices are. When it comes to websites, I think it kind of, you know, it kind of depends. I think lower price work is, it's a really good idea to definitely have prices on there. Um, prints, multiples, things like that. Um, larger works that are over $10,000, you might not want to have the price on there. Um, it might be something where you have a button, you know, or a link to email you directly if it's a very high price work. And I think there's no damage. I don't think of, of pricing everything on your website. I really don't. I think that gives people a, a good idea. And I think people are much more comfortable with it. You know, the idea of this sort of exclusivity is what artists, I think, lots of times want to portray on their website. And it is it, – it hampers sales. But on the flip side, um, I can kind of understand for very high price work that you would want to have um, a conversation with a person interested in buying it because they're much more likely to purchase a more expensive piece once they have – you know, contact with you or the gallerist or the dealer because, you know, there's a lot of trust that has to be involved and you can better nurture a sale. If you're, you know, if things are just um, purchasable via a button and you throw it in a cart and then you enter your credit card and you get it, you know, I think, you know, that works really well for works under, let's say, $2,000, right? I think that um, is, a, is, is just fine. And I really do think it's just fine to have pricing on every single piece. But if there's a way for them to talk to you for higher price works, I think that's really important as well. I think people are, you know, they like you, I think they're kind of annoyed at this exclusivity that they find on artist websites. And it just doesn't need to be that way because hiding the price um, can sometimes backfire and very often backfire and that you're going to lose a sale. Um, there's some art fairs now that actually want you to have um, the prices on your piece at the fair, you know, on the label. They really insist on that. Um, it depends on the fair. Usually the fairs that are much more geared towards artists showing independently. 
Um, so that's, you know, it's changing. It's definitely changing. This this kind of snobby exclusivity and, and you know, if you, if you have to ask for the price, you can't afford it kind of thing. It's just, it's garbage. So I hope to see all of that put away. But thanks for the question because it's a really common one. This next question is from Anne Gregory, and she asks, I don't sell my large works online, but how valuable are virtual and online exhibits? So I thought this was a good one to ask right on the tail of Marie Cameron's question about putting pricing on your website. Um, I think you should sell your large works online. I know that's not your question, but um, I think you should. Um, If you're really kind of squeamish about not putting the price on there and it feels kind of cheap, then, you know, have a, uh, you know, click here for inquiries, which would lead to your email and they can send an email to you asking about that um, or have your phone number or some way that they can contact you so you can open up dialogue about those large works. Um, But the how valuable are virtual and online exhibits? I think they're really valuable. Um, I think artists should get their work out into the world in as many places as possible. Um, whether that's online or in person, um, you know, again, this kind of kind of dovetails into the idea of this exclusivity thing that, you know, online exhibits aren't as valuable as an in-person exhibit. Now, granted, you know, of course, looking at art in person is, you know, preferred, but there's no damage or harm um, in, you know, putting your work online in online exhibits, especially if it's with a gallery, that's going to increase your reputation. It's going to give you another listing on your um, on your resume or CV for shows that you've been in. Um, and it also just gets your name out there. I mean, that's the name of the game is getting your name out there. Now, maybe the purchasing for large works especially aren't going to be that, you know, prevalent for online shows. But it could, you know, you're you're doing an art fair or an in-person exhibition and someone might recognize your name, which is what gives you authority. Um, It's that recognition. So you want to create that recognition and trust by being in as many shows, whether they're online or in person, as possible. That's what's going to increase your reach. That's what's going to increase your authority and your name recognition. So I hope that helps. This next question is about um, online again, and it's from Debbie Schreiber. And she says, when you're starting off, it's too early to secure a gallery. I don't know. We can talk about that maybe in another question. But her question is, what's the best way to get sales online? So I think right now, currently, it is Instagram. There's a lot of artists selling on Instagram. It seems to be really working for people. Um, But in order to do that, that's a whole other thing, right? You have to really know what you're doing, know how to use reels, know how to really build your audience. Building an audience obviously increases the chances that someone's going to be making a purchase. So um, I highly recommend being on Instagram as a starting artist. You really can get your, you know, cut your teeth on sales through Instagram. You can get discovered on Instagram. But the thing is with Instagram is that you really have to devote a lot of time to it to be successful. 
And I know, you know, you'll hear things or even on your feed on Instagram with people saying, um, oh, you know, it's so funny that you have to spend so much time on Instagram. That's not true. You only need to do blah, blah, blah. And I think, you know, maybe that works for other people. But I think for artists, the key is consistency, showing up daily. I mean, you can go, you can get management tools like later.com, for instance, that's going to allow you to schedule posts in advance. You can also do that with Canva. Dot com, which I love. You can make videos. You can make. Um, you can post directly to your Instagram account from Canva, which is great. Um, but I think right now, um, which is March 2020, the best way or 2022. Ah, my God, we don't want to go back to March 2020. Um, the best way to do it is Instagram, and um, and the consistency is the key. And if you're just starting out, it's really cool to watch artists' style evolve um, and, you know, and kind of grow. And that's a good thing. I mean, I always tell artists that where you're at right now is where you're at and that's where you should be at. If you kind of try to rush things and you, you know, are rushing your style or your, you know, things can get kind of lost. Your authenticity can get lost, et cetera. So same thing with Instagram. Be patient. Keep working at it. And it's that persistence that's really going to pay off. So good luck with that. Thanks for the question. This next question is from Christy Marks. I love her work. Um, She's shown with me at art fairs, and she's also a member of the Artist Alliance. And she asked, based on what you feel is strongest, how can I really wow people with the works and the concept? I'd like to create a solo show slash installation at a gallery slash public event, art fair, or other thing. In other words, I really want this show to propel my career forward in a major way. Thanks. Okay, so that's exciting. I love your ambition. Um, I love how you're thinking sort of outside of the box. What can I do? So as I'm always sort of harping on and on about, um, you know, being different and standing out is key. So doing that, um, I think it would depend on where you're doing this um, show. So let's just say an art fair. Let's say you decided to rent out a booth at an art fair. So each art fair is going to have specific limitations that you can and can't do. For instance, some want you to submit what paint color you want to paint the walls, et cetera. Um, I think the best thing to do is create some kind of installation in a sense where the flooring, perhaps, the wall color, anything that's possibly hanging, the pieces that you decide to show um, are all going to play into that, right? Booths at fairs that are different definitely stand out. I mean, I've seen crowds of people um, at art fairs that I've done. If the booth is really interesting, they are kind of drawn to it. Now, for art fairs, I recommend having some large works, you know, very few, but mostly smaller works that are really easy for people to purchase. Don't take a lot of super deep um, consideration, the price point being probably under $500. Um, Less is better um, for small works, you know, and you could make an installation with a series of small works that just really draws people in. If you do that consistently at multiple art fairs, particularly if you do, if you dedicate yourself to doing the same art fair every year when it comes around, um, in town, 
like Art Market San Francisco or Superfine San Francisco, Christie's in the Bay Area. So, um, you know, something like that would be really great. It's about consistency, standing out, and persistence. So the thing is with, um, you know, the concept, uh, the concept you can kind of get across in doing a really amazing installation um, and not have to pay a lot of money. You could have a 10 by 10 booth, for instance, like the smallest booth and do something really cool. How do you get ideas to do that? I would go through um, and look at art fairs if that's where you decide you want to do it. I think that's probably the best idea. Look at best art fair go- booths, Google that and see what comes up. See if anything you sort of resonate with that and really put as much time and creativity in that booth as you do in your work. So both. Um, I think a lot of times artists overlook the power of presentation. It is key. So another thing that you can do to get some really great ideas is go to uh, visual merchandising in retail stores and just, you know, Google that or even better yet, go on Pinterest and look at all the amazing, really cool stuff. Of course, Urban Outfitters, I'm kind of biased because I used to be the art director, <laughs> but they do really cool stuff. And so does anthropology, um, you know, just really interesting off the wall, not so expensive ideas to really make your booth stand out. Key here being you don't obviously want your booth to overpower your artwork. You want it to be all in one, all, you know, work with each other. The booth should complement your work and accentuate it because that's the thing that, um, you know, you're, you obviously want to promote and sell. But, you know, it's, it's like serving a amazing, you know, a chef serving an amazing, amazing meal you know, in a styrofoam container when you're not thinking about the presentation. Because the presentation, you know, is is so important, especially when you're talking about doing something that will really knock, knock people's socks off. And if you continue to do that fair over and over again each year, that's also a really important thing to do. That's really going to help propel your career probably as quickly as possible. So I hope that helps, Christy. That's a great question. I love that you're doing it. Please let me know how it goes. This next question is from Mary James, and she asks, when an artist is describing their why, what are the most effective points to make? Is it what is coming from your heart, or is it what your art might do for them? Okay, so Mary, this is a great question, and I think it's the most important thing is being authentic. I think if you sort of like start wandering into what your art might do for them, I understand where you're coming from with that question, but I think that doing that, you're sort of, you're doing a lot of guesswork because you really don't know what it's going to do for them. What you want to do is connect with your buyers. You want to be authentic. You want to be personable. You really want to let them into your world, right? You really want to let them know why you're making what you make, and it should be 100% authentic. People can kind of sniff out when someone's not being authentic. And I think if you're, you know, addressing what the art might do for them, it's that's a lot of guesswork and could be perceived as a little, you know, presumptuous. Um, so I think you don't even think about that. What you want to do is your goal is um, letting people know what you're about as a human being as and as an artist. 
And I think, you know, in this day and age of this sort of, um, how do I say it, sort of, you know, gussied up, um, fake Instagram, social media, et cetera, people really long for that genuine, authentic um, connection with people. And I think that that's the best thing that you can do. If someone, um, you know, likes your work visually, they're going to do a little bit more research before they purchase. And that's where you're going to want to have, you know, your statement or about you be really true and authentic to your own voice, yourself, and, you know, just really basic about why you're making what you make. Give them a little bit of backstory, um, you know, but, but you know, how you feel when you're painting, why you've decided to paint now, you know, why you're dedicating your time to it. Just really, you know, really straightforward, but try to think about, um, you know, coming across as a friend. Um, and that builds trust and you're more likely to get buyers that way. So I hope that helps. That's a great question, Mary. Thanks. This next question is from T. Barney. Hey, how you doing? I know him. Um, he won – I gave him first place in a in a show I juried. And his question is, what's the best way for an artist to stand out when applying for gallery representation? Okay, so if you're interested, I've got a class coming up March 26th. It's just one day via Zoom. 250 bucks if you're not a member of the Artist Alliance. If you are a member of the Artist Alliance, it's 200 bucks. Um, and here's the thing. Um, you know, your work's got to stand out. You have to be consistent with approaching them. Um, you know, the art world, I, I say this a lot, is all built on connections. And it's building authentic, real connections with gallerists. Um, you know, very, very rarely does a gallerist pick up an artist that they don't know, that they haven't had some other kind of interaction with. Um, maybe, you know, they were in a group show. That's a great way um, to get representation from a particular gallery. Um, maybe it's some workshop or something else or, you know, like a community or whatever that person is doing, um, that gallerist is doing, you know, get involved. Um, gallery representation involves a lot of trust. Uh, and in order to, to get that, you need to, you know, build that relationship. So there's a, you know, there's, there's a pretty, it's not difficult, but it's more about being kind and persistent and involved. Um, and if you're interested, I highly encourage you to take this workshop, um, that I'm doing. The best way to learn this is from a gallerist who talks to artists every day and reviews portfolios every day. Um, you know, so I, I don't want to make this into a sales pitch, but the honest, the honest thing is, is that it's, it's really just like too long of a process for me to like answer that question. But right off the top, um, I would just say, you know, be involved with the gallery, be involved with them, get to know the gallerist as a human being, um, and vice versa. They want to know you as a human being before they're going to sign you, um, for representation. Okay. I hope that helps. I, I, I don't want to like kind of blow off your question, but it's it's like it's too huge um, for me to answer um, in one short thing. But the summation of it is that focus on developing a relationship with that with that gallerist and you know become friends. Let them get to know you more than just your work. It's hard to, you know, you when you get a lot of artists, you know, sending work into you, you you know. It's hard to, you know, sign them if you don't if you don't know them. So create a relationship. You know, all of my artists that I have, 
now that I currently represent, I've had a relationship in some way or another with them in the past. And when I haven't had that, it's, you know, it has gone south, Um, you know, misunderstandings and things like that. So find a way that, you know, you can get to know them and be persistent, kindly, be consistent, and um, think about what you guys can do for each other, not just, you know, from the perspective of what can this gallerist do for me, because um, they're in the business of selling art, and you guys can obviously help each other. So you want to have a very friendly rapport. So I hope that helps. And thanks for the question. It was a good one. This next one is from Julie V. Garner. And this is a really common question, and I love it. She asked, I've recently been working on making my spray paintings available as prints to sell direct or through a site like Saatchi. Would this affect how a gallery might view my work? Does it in any way devalue the original? No, 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 no. You could definitely have series of work works that you just, like your spray paintings, just um, for prints. And the thing is with prints and small works, I am a huge fan of artists doing that because um, what it does, what it can do is, you know, creates kind of like a gateway drug. God forbid we use that 1980s term, um, you know, for bigger works, because the idea is, is that, you know, people who don't know you are, you know, very, very unlikely to purchase a work that's, you know, over $1,000. I mean, heck, even over $500, right? If they haven't purchased from you before. So how do you get them to purchase from you in the beginning to down the line purchase a bigger work? You do that by introducing prints or very small works. It's key to developing a sales plan and strategy. So I highly, highly recommend it. Um, a gallery, it does not affect how a gallery might view your work at all. A gallery is most likely going to, if you work in different series, they're most likely going to represent one series or they might just be interested in one um, you know, style that you work in, for instance. If you're represented by a gallery even, they might only do certain series, etc. cetera. Um, the only reason why it would... Um, perhaps negatively affect any potential gallery relationship is that, you know, they wouldn't be interested in selling those because the price point is going to be so low that they're making like really, really little money. But it doesn't devalue your other work. A lot of artists think this, that, oh, you know, if I make prints of this, it's going to make the original work not as valuable or my body of work not as valuable. And that's just not true anymore. It really, really isn't. I mean, think about Picasso. He had a ton of prints out there. And, you know, that was a pretty long time ago. And, you know, it, it but now with the internet, this is another way to sort of get, um, you know, more people interested in your work because you're lowering the price point for prints. And um, that's how people are going to get to know you, trust you, and then want to buy more expensive pieces. So I highly, highly recommend it. I think it's a great thing. I don't think it's going to um, affect, you know, how a gallery might view your work. And it's definitely not going to devalue the original, which I should note, um, it's actually, you know, in my opinion, the original piece that you're making the prints from um, could become more valuable because, you know, once you see something out in the in the wild world, um, you're more likely to think that the original is of more value. Like, 
you know, sort of subconsciously they'll think, well, you know, the original must be worth a lot if the artist decided to make prints out of it. And I have the original kind of thing, right? Um, so there, there's that. I mean, art's a funny thing, right? It's all kind of based on um, – you know, the value of it isn't is really sort of based on just total, um, you know, impressions and reputation and, you know, things like that. So long story short, yeah, I think definitely make prints and it's going to be a really, really good thing to do. Thanks for the question, Julie. A lot of people ask that and it's a really good one. Okay, lots of really great questions. Thank you so much for joining me. A couple things. If you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, thanks so much for listening. I super appreciate it. Please, 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 please leave me a five-star review on um, Apple or anywhere. Apple seems to be where most people are listening to it. So if you could do it there, that would be really, really helpful for me. Um, And also, if you want to learn more about how to get that art gallery, Saturday, March 26th, I'm doing a one-day workshop live via Zoom, uh, The Tough Method on How to Get Art Galleries. And this is the inside scoop, you guys. Don't miss it. Um, and it's going to be it's gonna be fun. You're going to learn a ton. You're going to get email scripts. So go to gentuff.com, and you're going to see a link to join me. So thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks.